0: Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host Mick West. My guest today goes by the name UFO Jesus, and UFO Jesus uh, is very interested in UFO disclosure. And we're going to start off talking about what UFO disclosure actually is. But first of all, welcome to the podcast, UFO Jesus.
1: Thank you, Mick. It's a, it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, I've, I saw your one your show with Ian. I saw your show with uh, Nick Pope, and I think you ask good questions and, and keep the show engaging, and I think you have a knack for interviewing people. That said, when you refer to me, I ask very kindly that you say UFO Jesus because that's the proper way to reference my name going yeah. forward.
0: Interesting. Well, that's not the way I was brought up, but I will, I will give it a go. <laughs> Maybe I just won't refer to you at all. <laughs>
1: no, I'm just, I'm, just joking. I'm just joking.
0: That's fine. That's fine. No, it's cool. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I mentioned UFO, dis- UFO disclosure. Now, obviously, like, you know, your your big topic that you're, you're always talking about is UFO disclosure. Can you explain to people what UFO disclosure means to you?
1: Okay. So different people have different definitions for UFO disclosure. Uh, I have my own definition. For me, UFO disclosure is when uh, whether the United States government or another government releases an ample enough amount of data to which even the scientific community and and the skeptical community has no choice but to acknowledge that UFOs are are real, they're under intelligent control, and they're almost certainly not uh, stemming from any military inventory in the world. So – so why don't they accept that now? Well, I, 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 think they're, I think they're analyzing the data in a way that is not the most objective way, and that's why I think they don't accept it now. But I think that eventually uh, the, the data will be so compelling that they'll have no choice but to accept it, and that's when we will reach a post-disclosure world. That's a very succinct
0: dis- description. Uh, so you, you the first thing you mentioned was that UFOs are real. Now, this is kind of, I think, uh, kind of a little phrasing issue because recently like the u.s navy came out and they said that uh these three ufo videos that have been out there are are real actual videos of unidentified aerial phenomena and people took this as saying that ufos are real is that what you mean by ufos are
1: real no what i mean is, for example well, i mean let's just let's go by the the ufo gun camera videos that the that were released by the u.s government mm-hmm. uh you know what what if what if David Fravor the original video he saw? Now, I know there there's people who don't believe David Fravor, and that's fine. Maybe you're right. Um, but you know what? It's like when the dealer has a five and I have a, an eleven, I'm gonna double down. Uh, I, I think that David Fravor was telling the truth when he said that um, he saw a higher resolution video that showed appendages coming out of the object. But he also stated, and a lot of people ha- have lost sight of this, in another interview he saw, he said that when he saw the higher resolution video, that there was an instance when when there was a close up to the Tic Tac, that objects were actually coming out of the Tic Tac. Uh, so there's two hmm. anomalous um, things that he recalls regarding the higher resolution video that we can't see because either... Either they, they made the resolution lower or or it's just been recorded over so many times that the, the resolution is lower. So if, for example, the U.S. government would have released uh, the the version of the gun camera video that Fravor saw or at least allegedly saw, then it would force people to not be able to say, well, you know, it's just this blob on the screen and it could be this, it could be that. It would force people to acknowledge that, hey, that's not a blob I can tell mm-hmm. because the resolution is higher, and now I'm forced to, to look into this subject in a much more serious way. So, so, so that would be real, yeah. and there would be every indication that it is, it is something that is not like an airplane or a hypersonic weapon or a missile. It's an unknown, a true unknown, and you have the resolution to, to make that clear.
0: Yeah, that would be great if we could uh, see that video. But, of course, unfortunately, we we, we don't. So, yeah, just uh, fill everybody in who, who isn't familiar with these cases. Like we're talking about the uh, – was it from 2004, the Nimitz thing? Yes,
1: November – I think it was November yeah. 14th, 2004. So there
0: was this big uh, kind of encounter that were, went on over a number of days. They kept getting all these, like, radar returns. And, like, people were – I think people were reporting seeing these the, these things off in the distance – and then eventually they sent out a jet to see uh, what they were seeing on the radar. And when Commander Fravor got there, he was one of the pilots of one of the jets, he saw this, uh, this tic-tac-shaped uh, thing zipping around, and then it shot off. Yes. Uh, and uh, then another jet went out and took video of this. And yep. that, that video is what you're referring to and what we Correct. see it Kind of got leaked out to the internet somehow I mean it wasn't actually released by the u s government it was actually uh the, it originally leaked somehow yeah, I think a lot of people might have seen it on the ship and copied it on the ship so it's it's not clear how it got out but yeah, that just shows uh, a blob which you can't really tell what it is, but yeah, it would be great if we could get uh, could get that video so do you think that uh you know obviously you think that the the u s government has this video
1: yes i do i would bet money on it
0: yeah so why do you think they what's the rationale for not releasing the video
1: um you know i th- there have been some uh, think tanks i don't remember the date i think the brookings think tank and there might have been another one that uh, that were done by the u.s government i believe asking them would there be an advantage at all for the, for any government in the world to to release data that we are being visited by potentially extraterrestrials and these think tanks who who are not interested in UFOs have no connection to like the t- disclosure industry if you want to call it that or anything like that they basically said look, there is zero advantage for any government to relay that we are being visited by extraterrestrials hmm. we don't know what their intention is we don't know whether they're hostile or not by the way they have a propensity to visit our nuclear installations, whether that's nuclear laboratories or ICBM IC- silos uh, or even test sites where, where they blow these bombs up and including uh, battleship groups because these aircraft carriers are nuclear powered. Uh, and so they, they do interact with, with our civilization, but we don't know what they're here for and we don't know what their intention is. So I think governments, including the United States governments, but governments around the world, they don't want to open that can of worms up if they don't have to. Um, and, and there might even be aspects of malleability of, of, of the populace. What is going to happen psychologically when, when when civilization learns that not only are we being visited by something – maybe it's extraterrestrial, maybe it's something weirder, but you know, I'll just call it ex- – I'll say extraterrestrial is anything that's not human – they don't know the impact that that's going to have upon civilization and they just don't want to open up that can of worms and then there's also of course there's there's national security issues because if any government learns how to 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 duplicate the technology that is being seen whether from uh witnesses or from gun camera videos or from radar returns there there is in my opinion a silent race to back engineer this technology that enters air airspace all over the world, and and to bring this out into the open now now you're bring inquiry and you're bring journalism into it and you're bring you're bring world society into it and and if and if and if this really is something that if you crack, you have a military advantage over every other nation in the world. You know, that th- that would be another reason that the United States government is 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 trepidatious in sharing this information. Not only that. I think they've known since the early '40s, and I think with the Cold really? War, yes, I believe that they've known about these visitations. The, the, Do you think the,
0: all the, of the governments around the world have known since the early '40s?
1: No, I would say that. Um, I would say that um, any government that has a very good air force has probably knows because within the, the span of time, maybe not the '40s, all of them. I don't know, but '40s, '50s, '60s. Because I would say that there had probably been instances with any government that has a good air force where they have the, intercepted these objects, just as UK, David Fravor yeah. intercepted them during the USS Nimitz UFO event series.
0: Yeah, so I guess that would be like in the 40s, you, you feel like there was a whole bunch of governments who knew that the, there were these UFOs, like the UK, uh, the US, maybe, maybe Russia.
1: Maybe 40s, May, maybe 50s. Maybe I, I'm Japan. not going to give an example exact date but yeah i I, I would i will go so far to say that it's an international conspiracy and i also go so far to say that that sounds preposterous and i totally understand skeptics who say oh come on there's no way there's no way that this could be covered up by many many uh, modern nations but uh, those are the facts i mean look yeah
0: it's just uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the timeline would be on this. Like, you know, if it starts out that only, say, the uh, America and the UK and and Russia and maybe China knew about it, then how did the other countries like what? How, how did they get into the club? Like, say, India now as a as a fairly good air force, so surely India knows about it.
1: Data, data. They picked them up on radar. They may have gotten them on gun camera videos, uh, uh, gun cameras, and just data, basically. Mm
0: then all these countries, as they discover UFOs, they all decide that they're not going to tell anybody about them.
1: Correct. But you have to realize it's built into human psychology that they don't want to share it. Because, like really? I said, yeah, because there's... Okay, Mick, you, no, let's, let us let me ask you. What advantage do governments have? Now, let me finish my question. What advantage do governments have if they know we're being visited by an extraterrestrial uh, race or races who have vehicles... That may not be a threat, but if they wanted to, they could easily be a threat. They could take out every military in the world we don't we don't collectively know what their intention is. we don't know whether they're hostile or not just because you know just because they haven't blown up a aircraft carrier doesn't mean that something may not happen in the future and do you really do you really want civilization to have mass hysteria about it? What if these the the many many instances where where uh witnesses that worked at nuclear installations um Security guards of nuclear installations, launch officers at nuclear installations. I mean, there is a hugely disproportional amount of sightings that have happened at nuclear laboratories, nuclear silo installations, uh, pla- uh, places where they detonate these missiles that, that has no parallel. That's a fact. Now, you, we can debate all day long whether it's hallucinations or, or they're, they're, they're lying. Mm. Or whatever, but there is good luck making an argument that there's just as many UFO sightings at car factories and candy factories, and and this place yeah, and that place. I don't really know the statistics no, there, on that, there's but no, there's no correlation. And so, putting that all into one place, what is the advantage for any government in the world? to tell civilization that we're being visited but we don't know what they're, what, well, I, what they're here for. I
0: could think of one advantage was that that government would get to be first. They get to be the people who reveal to the world. They get to be the, the government That's that true. actually tells anybody. Like if it's a country like, you know, Japan, say, uh, or, um, or even China, uh, they get to tell everybody. And, you know, they would actually get to tell them that everybody else has been covering it up. Because you, you've kind of got all these things, all these separate governments now, and they're all covering up aliens in their own way, and I guess they're not really cooperating. You don't think there's, any, there's, a, there's a worldwide conspiracy to do this? Because that wouldn't really work I don't, with I all don't know the... if
1: they're, I don't know if they're cooperating, but I just don't think they want to bring that information into the public discourse. So what would be the disadvantage? Can you think of any disadvantages? So obviously you're right. So like if China was the first nation to do it, they would have a legacy like no other legacy and they could, that would really, uh, that'd probably harm the interests of the United States. But can you think of any downside for, ch- say, China or Russia disclosing...
0: You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, people talk about like there being mass panic and things like that, but I mean, w-
1: would there really be? Because most people don't think, think so. that
0: UFOs are real.
1: Uh, I don't think so. But so. I think governments tend to be paranoid too, and yeah. they, they come up with all these possibilities that might happen. Uh, are they likely to happen? Who who knows? But I think they tend to be paranoid. And uh, look, I, look. I mean, I totally understand. I look. I would not believe in UFOs if the evidence wasn't there, and I believe the evidence is there. Let's look at David Fravor. When the intercept happened. In 2004, David Fravor had 16 years of experience as a as a pilot. He's a Top Gun graduate. At the time of the intercept, he had 3,600 flight hours. Uh, he he at the before the intercept, he went to the Persian Gulf five times. He's flown over Africa. He's flown over um, uh, Iraq, and and so he's seen foreign planes. Mm-hmm. He's seen domestic planes because when when you're not in a shooting war, one of the things you do as a pilot. For the Navy, is you, you intercept planes coming towards the battle area and tell them to go the other way. Um, at the time of the intercept, there were, it wasn't just him that saw it. It was four aviators that saw it. According to Fravor, it was over five minutes that he saw it. It was caught on radar on the USS Nimitz, on the uh, USS Princeton, which is an Aegis-class cruiser, and on the E-2 Hawkeye. So we have three separate radars, and, um, and all the radar operators... Say that uh that all these these tracks came up on their systems, and some people say, well how do you know how do you know that uh the it would, it wasn't a glitch Well, let me ask you this if it was a glitch, how did they tell Fravor to go to a precise place a a vector
0: right
1: and it was only when merge plot, which is when which was when Fravor's plane and the and the contact are so close together that the radar operators cannot distinguish between the two, it was only at that point in time that Fravor and the three other aviators saw the object. Whoa. So if it was a glitch in the radar, how, how did that coincidence exactly yeah, yeah, occur? Yeah, that's, that's
0: a good question. But I think the, the answer probably is that that's the point at which he started looking for the object because he would have been looking like, down to, to the ocean. Like if it was... Uh, um, he would start looking for something. And because he had this this heightened sense of like actually expecting something to be there when he did see something where no matter what it was i mean it 's hard to tell if it was the same thing, then he, he fixated on on that one thing it's, that, that, it's, that, the that, problem is it 's very difficult to to tell like with these things because we we 're really relying very very much so on these these eyewitness accounts and there are it was a long time ago, two thousand and four, so memories have changed and there 's already there 's discrepancies in the accounts like the 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 female pilot in the, the upper plane, uh, she remembers, like for example, the, the dispatcher being female when the other people say that uh, the dispatcher was male. So there's the, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a small difference, well, but it shows that people I don't, don't have the same memories.
1: I'll take your word for that, but I will say this. There's always discrepancies, right? Oh, yeah. If you find any historical event that's true... And that's corroborated, and that the consensus agrees occurred. You're always going to find uh, discrepancies, so I wouldn't use discrepancies as as a way of discrediting the story because discrepancies are always present, and no matter what what, and you're dealing with a story that includes tens of people, maybe hundreds of people. Of course, there's going to be discrepancies. But there's not enough discrepancies or severe enough discrepancies to discredit the story. So I, went, I, I don't think that would be a really prudent way to interpret the, the hmm. Nimitz case. Oh, there's a discrepancy. Therefore, I can just doubt the entire thing.
0: Well, how do you know which uh, was which is, a is discrepancy and what's actually the reality? If You know, Fravor saying he saw this, this thing like zip zapping around. The radar says that this thing like you know, went up and down. Uh, I mean, that's a discrepancy.
1: Well, well, do we know when the radar operators saw it go up and down? Because, uh,
0: they, we, because we only this, have reports of them talking about it going up and down. We don't have reports of them actually tracking horizontally. But, they,
1: but they've been tracking these for days prior to Fravor's intercept. So mm-hmm. when, when you see a little soundbite of a radar operas- operator saying it went from 80,000 feet to send it down to 28,000 feet, send it down to 50 feet or whatever they whatever the exact quote would be, when they when you hear that soundbite, that doesn't necessarily mean they're referring to the five minutes in which Fravor intercepted the tic tac. That could be that could be talking about the flight characteristics of the tic-tac mm. in general that encompasses days and days like i said the intercept happened days and days after the radar the, operators first saw the tic-tac and the flight characteristics of the tic-tac
0: they are very different things though i mean Frava's talking about it doing this rapid movement and then he's talking about it doing this very very fast horizontal movement whereas the radar operators they only talk about it like appearing at one point and then well they did zipping down well they did say that they did say the it
1: place. showed up on the on the uh at his cap point, very quickly. So that yeah, would did a they rapid didn't Show
0: it going there, though. They never actually talk about it actually moving horizontally. It just kind of seems to appear at little points here and there. Well,
1: this, it doesn't oh, doesn't so seem you, to match. No, uh, I don't think that's uh, no. But you, but you didn't see the radar returns. I mean, if you were if you were to qualify that and talk to like Kevin Day, and say, wait a minute, them. Kevin Day, did you did you actually see the object move at at fast pace? when fravor did or or were you just talking in generalities i
0: did actually ask kevin day about that and he said he couldn't uh, remember it moving
1: well there uh, horizontally. you go there, well there you
0: go but, but- uh, so that means we've got all these these things this we've got three things here we've got like the video we've got the testimony of fravor and the female pilot and then we've got the testimony of uh the people who remember seeing radar and I guess we've got testimony of people who remember seeing the video as well, which is kind of a different thing. But, you know, basically three things, video, uh, eyewitness, and radar things. And they're all showing different things. Now, the radar showing up and down and you know teleporting, essentially. Uh, the video is showing something that doesn't really move and just seems to recede into the distance. And Fravor showing these... Uh, talking about things that, first of all, like, you know, zip around and then, then vanish off to the side or vanish off into the well, horizon, well, I think you well, said.
1: Well, well, Fraber said that, and so did his, so did the other other aviators with him, say that the encounter lasted for over five minutes. The video is actually only, what, 30 seconds? So obviously... But the video uh, isn't
0: uh, of the encounter.
1: That's true. That's true. But, but what, okay, you're right. So let me rephrase. What I'm trying to say is the object can move differently... According to what it's doing at at the current time, so maybe when Fravor saw it, it was it was acting really a sure. specific way, and then when when Chad Underwood intercepted it, it was acting another way. I mean, that's not that's not even implausible. If the object is capable of doing all kinds of maneuvers, why would we assume that the behaviors it it, it demonstrated during the intercept with Fravor would be completely? In equivalence with when Chad Underwood intercepted sure, no, I mean, that it. No,
0: no, definitely. But uh, you kind of, just to, to give more weight to the evidence, it would be a lot more convincing if it was doing the same thing in all three things. Like if we actually saw it to do something rapid in the video and if it was actually, we, if we had radar tracks of it moving rapidly horizontally. But, you know, we don't. So we have to assume that instead of it being the same thing doing the same thing, it's the same object doing three different things, which is I think, what, less convincing.
1: But even with the intercept with Fravor, the object did not always go at hypersonic speed. If you hear his story, yeah. uh, basically Fravor and, and the wingman see it. The wingman stays high. Fravor descends and does like – I believe. And maybe I get some of this off, but I'll do the best I can. He basically circles down very cautiously
0: mm-hmm. towards
1: the object to get closer to it. So the wingman is not only – 8,000 feet above Fravor, but is at a different angle, which only le- lends credibility to the fact that they actually saw what they said they saw since, they, the, the, since the testimony is equivalent and unanimous amongst all four of them. And two pilots saw it from one angle, two pilots saw it from another angle. And then the Tic Tac started mirroring, mirroring, if I can say that word correctly, uh, f- a Fravor. Yeah. And so while the Tic Tac was mirroring Fravor, it wasn't going fast. It was just going at the same speed as the Tic Tac. So here is an incident According to his witness testimony, in which the object is not moving at hypersonic speeds and it's just doing exactly what an F-18 could do, so I don't see any discrepancy here. When, when, when the the video that Chad Underwood got, the plane was just moving at a regular, or not the plane, the ob, the tic tac was just moving at a regular speed, a rate of speed comparable to a plane, just as Fravor's testimony is, in which mm-hmm. when when the when the tic tac was mirroring Fravor it was going at Fravor's speed. So that that, that emphasizes that the TIC-TAC, according to the witness testimony, is capable of moving erratically, moving at hypersonic speeds or beyond hypersonic speeds, and just doing what F-18s do. So I don't see any discrepancy there whatsoever.
0: Sure, but uh, it's just a shame that we don't actually have a correlation between uh, multiple data sources. Like, I think you, you, you could argue, I guess, the, the top cover pilot is another data source in that she gave... Uh, uh, an account of it, but you know, I have to say, I must, I must kind of question her her state of mind, which sounds a bit, uh, you know, like I'm attacking the person there. But yeah, you know, if you read her account, it's very dramatic, and she talks about how, first of all, she thought it was drug runners, and then she thought it was uh, some kind of like 11 situation where she was going to have to use her plane as a weapon. So she's essentially thinking that she's going on some kind of suicide mission to ram some plane out of the air and then like literally three seconds later she thinks that it's some kind of search and rescue thing because there's a crashed plane in the ground and then she starts seeing uh this 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 object so it seems like you know it could be that there's some loss of situational awareness there on her part and possibly on fravor's part as well
1: that is possible. I, I'm not. To, I'm not persuaded by it. But I want to ask you a question, Mick. Two questions, to be exact. Sure. Um, number one, what is your best hypothesis on what the tic tac or what the object was that Fravor, his, his WSO, and the and the two other aviators that saw the object was. And number two, what are the odds? You know, you could say, what are the odds that uh, that that this is coming from an extraterrestrial source? Would you say? uh is there a one would you say there's at least a one percent chance or or is it less that this is coming from the extraterrestrial source those two Uh, questions
0: yeah no that's true i think it's pretty hard to give odds so i'm just going to start out with that one and say you know i couldn't really say like one in a million maybe because it seems such like an an unlikely (laughs) thing to happen (laughs) uh but like my best guess as to what he saw it's 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 very hard to say like i I think he might've saw seen multiple things. Like he might've seen like, you know, he's, he's, he thinks he's seeing a white object. So, you know, white objects, are pretty fit, featureless. So like, you know, any, any white object in the distance looks, you know, the same as, as another white object. If it's moving slowly, especially if it's like really far away and it's you know, difficult to make out. Um, so he might've been com- confusing multiple objects. Like he starts out seeing this disturbance, disturbance in the ocean, like this, uh, like a, like, you know, what, fish feeding or something like that, like a big kind of bubbling. Uh, so he could have been looking down and perhaps I don't know, like he, he just saw something that was floating in the water. Uh, perhaps later on that he saw something like uh, a reflection in the canopy. You see actually you actually see tic-tac shaped reflections in the canopies, you know the canopy that goes over the pilot's head. Uh, because there's, there's there's some circular things within the cockpit and when the sun hits them just right you get these reflections which are kind of kind of shaped, you know like this. And, you know, and I hate to bring it up, but there would have been seagulls there. If you're looking down and if there's a very, very large bird or something <laughs> circling around for yes, a moment, yes, you could Stop. actually see a seagull. And it's, it's a possibility. I know people mock, right. mock the possibility, but we're talking about what Fravor saw. We're not talking about things on the video. And I'm right. talking, I don't think he would have just seen one seagull and then mistaken that for this whole thing. I think, you know, at some point, You think pilots, they can't, they wouldn't have eyes on something for five minutes. Like, you know, pilots, pilots have to actually do like instrument scans all the time. So they can't actually keep looking at something for solidly for five minutes. So there'd be like some points where he's doing this thing where he's coming down. So when he first sees it, like, and then when he thinks that it it shoots away Uh, and, you know, I think it could have been a combination of things or it could be uh, some kind of craft yeah, right. Well, I mean, and
1: you know, I, think... I, I, I think what you think is extremely unlikely. But you know what? I mean, I think you're t- being totally honest and you're giving your best uh, objective assessment. So I don't uh, fault you for it. But uh, you know, it being a reflection or something far away, just I, I, I mean, he's in an F-18 Hornet. They can go like sure. 1,100 miles an hour. Uh, you can put on his afterburners and be from point A to point B rather quickly. Uh, he saw, it wasn't like something fleeting. He saw it for over five minutes. So he has this whole story wrapped around it. Uh, you know, if you were, if you were to look for a, a premium observer, like if you were to scour the earth looking for the best possible observer you could find, Fravor would probably be at the top of the list. Maybe we'd uh, have to
0: test him. I mean, (laughs) has anybody actually tested the quality of his observations? Of course, you'd expect him to be a very good observer. But now you know he's retired from the Air Force like okay, ten but, years but, ago, but, and but, uh, now in okay, the private sector. Like,
1: okay, but all four aviators are unanimous at what they saw. I so your I, explanation, your explanation has to fit the the witness testimony of not just Fravor, but it has to also fit the witness testimony of Fravor's WSO. Has to fit the witness testimony of the two other aviators as well. And I'm just going to say right now, like you know, to the audience, like if you really think it's you really think Fravor and his all four aviators for over five minutes. Fravor said he merited. Fravor said that uh, it noticed him and the nose turned up and and, and started going in Fravor's mm-hmm. direction. There's all these little details, but yet this can all be boiled down to some some tiny object far in the distance. I mean, mm. I just don't see. Really. I just What's don't that? see a navy pilot having this long, very detailed, very unambiguous story. And, and actually engaging the object with one of the m- most premium fighter jets in the world that can travel very very quickly and yet this is it's just it's just some it's a reflection it's a glare sure. it's a little object it, he was just disoriented what am i seeing there's 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 a little there's a little tiny drone three miles away but I'm pretending or I'm imagining that I'm engaging it and I it's this little drone is mirroring me but it's really just a drone but I think it's mirroring me mirroring me but then the other two aviators are seeing the same thing but it's a little Cessna off in the distance and then he sees a reflection and I mean I just it's it's like just just no yeah. <laughs> but go ahead Anne. I can see go your ahead. point
0: I can see your point and it, it is it is quite a compelling story and I would really love to figure out what it was uh, but I think I don't think we can eliminate possibilities. Like you, you say absolutely no way that, but that just means I think that you put it no. down. You put it no. low on your list of possibilities.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my position. I don't have a problem with skeptics not believing the Tic Tac is. If they believe the Tic Tac is a seven forty seven or a seven thirty seven or a drone, I have no problem with that. That's not my problem. My problem is skeptical orthodoxy, which I think you fall under the umbrella of, hmm. which is which is being, being so certain that it must not be something uh, anomalous. It has to be something prosaic. So if you were to tell me UFO Jesus, I think there's a 1% chance it was extraterrestrial. I'd be like, I'm good with that. But you go well beyond that. E- even in the midst of all the witness testimony of four aviators, even in the midst of, of David Fravor saying he saw a more higher resolution video where appendages were coming sure. out. I mean, it's just it's just basically – I think what's happening here is you, you, are, you, you are convinced that the odds are just exponentially low, that it's extraterrestrial, and therefore you interpret everything through that lens. But I, this is my question for you, Mick. Mm-hmm. Do you know enough about the universe to actually be able to ascertain what the odds are of whether it was uh, of extraterrestrial origin or not?
0: You really can't like put odds on things like that because um, you know, there's so many variables that we don't actually know. Like, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with stuff like the Drake equation and the, the Fermi paradox and things like that. Things that you know, talk about what are the probabilities of there being intelligent life in the universe. But it tells you nothing about what the probability of intelligent life actually visiting uh, this right, exactly. universe is. So we don't so, know. Yeah, so you don't know. We
1: don't know. So, don't know. so, so it's, you're not justified to be so certain that it's not extraterrestrial. Right. All we, we have to go know. off of is the data in the yeah. in the witness testimony. And but, I'll say this, to, to the scientists out there and to the skeptics out there, this is what I would ask of you to do, and, and myself, by the way, is to petition the United States government to give over the data. To give over the, because look, if the data's not there, fine. But but I think there's been enough corroboration and enough people have come forward, uh, Top Gun pilots, Top Gun radar operators, uh, that that... I think it justifies not just taking not not just taking what the government gives us and, and leaving it there. I think what is taking place currently and the escalation in this subject has justified that maybe all of us should just demand the U.S. government to give us more data, and they could say no, but at least ask for it. And I think that would be a very uh, a very constructive thing for everyone to do.
0: I would be happy. I'm I'm a big fan of open government, so I'd like to do that. <laughs> there uh, we go. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, obviously, like, you know, you laugh at me suggesting that Fravor could be uh, mistaken in his thing. But like I think
1: I'm not laughing, I'm not laughing at you like I think you're being objective in your own. Like, that's what you believe. And I'm saying what I believe. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm, it's possible I'm not wrong. I'm just calling it the way I see it. And I think your interpretation of the data is hilarious. Mm. But who knows? Maybe you're but right. There's a few, there's there's a few a of crazy, the reasons why. Conspiracy theorist, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I UFO, oh, Jesus. What do I know?
0: No, no, I'm not saying that's all. But the, you know, there's a, there's a couple of points I want to bring up about that. Like why I think that. Uh, one of which is that <clears throat> you know it happened in
1: 2004. Why didn't Fraibra ever draw a diagram of what he saw? <laughs> I don't know. Why does, why does, why is that so? Like an, a diagram, like right after it took place. You mean?
0: No, at any time. He's, n- he's never, to my knowledge, drawn a diagram of what he saw. Like he can say, like you know, I was here and it did this. It does. It gives a verbal description. Now, if we had little diagrams, we could actually start to try to correlate all the different recollections. Like we've got uh, the the female pilot uh, at the top, and we've got Fravo down below. She says uh, some things. Now, in her report, that she with her interview with Elizondo, uh, she. It actually says in the report that she drew a diagram of that encounter. Where is that diagram? Why didn't they show that diagram? If we want to try to correlate eyewitness recollections, have them all draw diagrams of what they saw and see if what they recall happening actually matches. Freyver's just told this story over and over again. Why can't he actually describe what he saw from his point of view? Where was it exactly in the cockpit? You While know, well, you're looking down, we don't know. Like you know, how do you actually see something if it's just this thirty foot uh, wide thing and you're above this this you know boiling water or whatever? It doesn't really seem to make sense as to how he could actually see it. it, it uh, and the, the female pilot describes it. Zipping across the the area of disturbance, but that doesn't really make sense either when you actually kind of figure out where she is. She's about like, you know, 20,000 feet or something, and then this is supposedly at 5,000 feet, and it's moving over an area that she described as being about, I think, you know, 100 feet, and it was only 30 feet wide, so it would, you know, it zipping over this area wouldn't really make sense. But if you could actually have these people draw diagrams of these things, we could try to see, you know, what's the actual 3D. Re- reconstruction of this. Now you know that people have tried to do three re- reconstructions I think there's Dave, Dave Beatty yeah. uh, did one and, uh, but, The
1: Nimitz Encounters on YouTube
0: check it out. Yeah but didn't like Fravor call it like a cartoon and say it should have been taken down? <laughs> he, did, he did. So he did. I mean like what's, what was wrong with it? What actually was the 3D position of everything <laughs> in his thing and why can't it be re- reconstructed from what he said? You know, is his his description actually a good description of what happened? And you know what's the difference? So I well, have all it, these problems it would, with
1: this. Well, I mean, I don't think that compromises the likelihood he's telling the truth. But on the other hand, yes, it would be li- It would be helpful if he drew drew doc, uh, a doc diagram of it. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, but if and if everybody everybody gives different diagrams, would that change your
1: opinion? You mean like all the aviators? Yeah. Uh if there if there was a consistency between them no if they were completely different yes i mean because i would imagine that the diagrams would would just be a representation of what they said took place
0: yeah, so i don't because, i don't see
1: why they would be so so different from what they've already stated on the record
0: yeah so my hypothesis obviously would be that they did all kind of see different things because they were all looking out and there's lots of white things in the air like Obviously, like, we laugh about seagulls because, like, there's these memes about seagulls uh, being UFOs and <laughs> weather balloons, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but, you know, there are white things. And so, you know, describing something as, like, a, a white tic-tac-shape thing uh, kind of kind of encompasses a whole bunch of uh, possibilities. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really would like to actually talk to the various people. I actually emailed uh, the, the female pilot asking her to, to talk to me, but she never responded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't an emailed Fravor, but I don't know his email address. But um, it's an open invitation to anybody, any of the four people who actually saw this this encounter up close, to like, let, why don't we work and try to figure out if everybody saw the same thing and what was the actual three D path of this object based on your recollection? What was wrong with with Dave's Dave's reconstruction? So that would that would be a good good thing to do. Yeah, and I, I'm not I I do put the UFO hypothesis very low. Uh right. <laughs> yeah, partly because uh I think the description of it that we're talking about here is that it has this hypersonic velocity component. Like it it's it, it moves from, you know, whatever, twenty eight thousand feet to fifty feet in uh, five hundred feet in like, you know, zero point one five seconds or something like that. Something ridiculous would Less would a 100, second, 100, yeah. Do a hundred G's, basically. Yeah. And I think like if, if that type of, type of thing actually existed, it would well for a start it would have given a much bigger bang when it actually happened it would have been an incredibly loud thing to happen unless he has some kind of magic uh uh way of dealing with that which of course you know who knows but essentially these are appeals to magic which is kind of like a, a thing All skeptics don't like <laughs> in the way, i understand you know, that but i would just i think
1: it's i think i think that the well first of all so so the universe is um how old is the universe i just I'm I'm drawing a blank. It's 16 billion, I think. Okay, 16 billion years old. Earth is four and a half billion years old. So, so if there in there's let's say there's I think two to four hundred million stars in the Milky Way. Uh, There's an estimated 100 billion planets in the Milky Way, and there's an estimated 50 million planets that uh, can sustain life. So, out of those 50 million planets, Mm -hmm. if just one of those planets. Uh, had the building blocks of life and started and evolution started developing let 's say a half a million years prior to when evolution started on earth that would mean there would be a civilization that has been doing science and has been technological for a half a million years more than planet earth so, Maybe. so i so i don 't see okay potentially so i don 't see why we should doubt the potentiality for civilizations that's been around for hundreds of thousands of years longer than us to do things that don't make sense to our current understanding of physics. So I don't really see that as a big obstacle the way that that you do.
0: Well, have you done the math, though? Like, when you say, like, you think it's probable, have you actually uh, worked out a probability? Would you say, like, how often would you expect aliens to visit Earth?
1: Well, that's, a. I mean, I... The, the, I go off the data. I mean, there's, there's a UFO historical record that goes back 72 years, and, and, I, and, and I do believe the radar data is out there. They don't release the radar data, obviously, but I believe it's out there. You know, Fravor, interestingly, when he was uh, at a, some uh, event with uh, Corbell, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, he said that when he saw the radar tape that was on uh, Chad Underwood's plane, that he remembers it the way that people remember where they were on, on 9-11. Because it was because <laughs> That's of, interesting you, though
0: because <laughs> a lot yeah, of people a lot of people remember that incorrectly when you actually it's, when it 's a classic case in false memory syndrome, in that uh, if you ask people where they were on nine eleven a good percentage of them i think at least ten percent of them will actually misremember it, and they right. actually they 've done studies in this, and you can actually go back and like say, "Where were you on nine eleven and say, "Oh I remember it, it as clear as day I was watching it on t v or you know the, people will say things like yeah you know, people say things like even like i saw the first plane hit the tower on tv when it, it was never on tv because they think they remember it uh but you know, people so people saying things that they remember things like 911 they actually have kind of a red flag you know something is burned in your memory and doesn't mean that you remember it really well it means that you've you've kind of gone over it and you've re remembered it and cemented it and perhaps added new memories to it it's a real
1: thing Okay, well, look, anything's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible you misremembered it, but uh, I wouldn't place my bet there if it was me. But um, I want to – you asked Ian in an interview before Nick Pope an interesting question. You said, have you ever seen a UFO? So I'd like Mm -hmm. to answer that question. I have never seen a UFO, but I will say this. I've seen – I've had two instances where I saw an object that I thought might have been a UFO. One was it was very bright. But then I thought about it for a little bit. I did a little research, and I'm like, nope, that's Venus. It just, I was surprised mm-hmm. how bright it was, but it yeah. was Venus. Another one <clears throat> was out on the beach walking at night, and I saw what looked like three red lights forming a triangle, so a red light at each apex of the, of the triangle. And I thought about it, and I said, wait a minute. Nah, I don't think it's a triangle because it could just be lights positioned on an airplane where it appears triangular, but there's nothing really beyond that. And the reason I bring this up is because I think skeptics overplay their hand when it comes to their estimation of how fallible human beings can be in relaying what they saw. Because I don't think the fallibility of human beings is, is infinite. I actually think there is a fi- – it's finite. So yeah, if you get 100 people who say they saw a UFO, a certain percentage of them are going to be lying. A certain percentage of them are going to be making things up. Certain percentage of them are going to have a predilection to fantasy. But I think even just scientifically, if they were to somehow – I'm not a scientist, but if you were to set up an experiment to determine how good people are at remembering, how good people are at deciphering what they see, I actually think science would be in my favor. The reason I bring this up is because I don't feel like I'm this amazingly astute person because I look up in the sky all the time, and I've never been – tricked, I've never been deceived I've never had a fantasy or, or any of that <clears throat> so I'm thinking to myself, why am I so much better than all these people <clears throat> that goes back over the 72 years and I don't have all these stories, and even if I were to think I saw a UFO, it would so, be so mundane, because the really interesting UFO stories like like the Belgium wave that I think happened in the late 80s which, ha- which, which is one of the things that they say they saw, and it's, it's like a pattern, they all Multiple, I think it was like 2,000 witnesses that came forward, and they all, most of them say they saw the same thing, which is a triangle with three spotlights at the apex of the triangle, and a bright red light in the center. And even sometimes the bright red light would descend from the triangle, do some things, come back and return mm-hmm. to the triangle. There's one incident where there were two police officers. They saw a triangle and the spotlights on the triangle were so bright in the in the middle of the night that they could read a newspaper. And I'm just thinking to myself, how are how how are so many people getting these – having these unambiguous uh, relays of information about what they saw Sure. that sure. I look up at the sky all the time and I've never even seen anything even – remotely capturing anything even one-tenth as interesting as that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you probably haven't seen a ghost either.
1: <laughs> no. No, I no.
0: haven't. But there's lots of people who, who have and they, they give very good accounts of them. And they're often very, very similar. Like People will describe things that are very, very similar, like the, you know, the ghost appearing in the bedroom as they're falling asleep or you know, the ghost being of a dead person that they knew once. And so if you think that all these people are seeing ghosts... You know, is that the same type of thing as the the UFO thing? Because we've got all these eyewitnesses, like, or, or say angels. We have lots of people saying that they had an encounter with an angel. Is that the same standard of evidence? Because lots and lots of people give the same story. Does that mean it's the same thing? Uh,
1: I, I would make a distinction between the two, just because you know they don't have ghosts aren't picked up on radar. I don't hear radar operators talking about ghosts. I don't hear I, I don't hear Top Gun pilots Some intercepting those- ghosts.
0: Well, maybe some of the UFOs are actually ghosts.
1: <laughs> but uh, I don't rule out ghosts. I mean, we don't know that much about our universe, right? I mean, you said it yourself, I think in a past interview, you said that our civilization technologically is only only 100 years. What if um what if we we develop better better technology where we can pick up things that we thought at one sure. point never existed? I mean, who knows? Sure.
0: But the, my point is like we don't have any evidence whatsoever that ghosts exist. But we do have all these uh, like ghost photos right. and we have uh, we have all these eyewitness accounts. Uh and we all, but a lot of people will say that you know oh UFOs are real but ghosts are just silly nonsense. I mean are you putting them on the same level here you think that the likelihood of ghosts is the same as the likelihood of, of alien visitors?
1: Um objectively no I can't do that because with, with ghosts, as far as I know, the primary medium of evidence is witness testimony where, where with, with, uh, UFOs, there's plenty of stories where radar picked these objects up. There's even, there's stories of ground tracing, ground traces like in the Rendlesham uh, forest incident, uh, that's uh, highly corroborated. There's a lot of documents covering it. I think there were ground traces where the, the vehicle landed. So no, I don't think, I think there's a, I think there's a big distinction between ghosts and, uh, And UFOs, and also not only that, but I mean, ghosts suggest that that consciousness survives death. Now, my personal beliefs are irrelevant. So, one has to ask the question: What evidence do we have that that uh, consciousness survives death? Probably not that overly compelling Um, there might be some but probably not that overly compelling but we know that human beings exist on this planet and we know that evolution is real so it's really not a fair comparison because we can extrapolate from our existence here from everything we see and say well maybe it exists on other planets and therefore there are other entities from other planets visiting us so it's it's i would say it's not even on the same in the Mm. same ballpark in my opinion
0: it's kind of an abstract discussion but i mean i think when you bring up evidence like you got to say like are there other things that have similar Similar levels of evidence, but, but yeah, no, you could you could definitely argue that there's a possibility of life out there. Whereas, if you look at science, I suppose there isn't a possibility of life after death. But then some people would argue that there is a possibility, scientific. So yeah, who knows? Our science isn't very advanced, so maybe as you said, that maybe we'll discover a future that these ghosts you, are actually. And don't,
1: don't think that's a compelling argument? I want to get, I want to get, I want to get your point on that. So you don't think it's a compelling argument for like. A, a vehicle that has no sound, sonic boom. It travels at obscene speeds. You don't think it's a compelling argument that that there is a very plausible possibility that a civilization that's tens of thousands of years ahead of us figured out a way to travel at high rates of speed without a sound, sonic boom. You don't think that's a very plausible? Just I because think it's
0: we- far more likely that humans actually figured it out, because uh, we know humans exist and that they 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 have technology. And that they're always trying to advance technology, and you know, going very, very fast is something they want to do. So maybe if they discover some kind of, uh, you know, atmosphere warping device, then uh, that would be something that people would do. But yeah. alien visitors—you I mean sure—if alien visitors were here, then yeah, that, that would be something that they they would have, you know, perhaps like fast-moving craft. But the yeah, you know, the the idea that alien visitors are here doesn't doesn't mean doesn't doesn't really seem to have any evidence uh, to me.
1: Okay, well, so. put it. Let's put it all. Put it all on the table, and uh, we'll yeah. see what happens. I and mean, if you're wrong, I'll be the first one to say. You know what? My analysis stunk, and Mick was right, and and, and I'm, I'm I'm totally fine with that.
0: Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we both have uh, valid points. I mean, you, you, obviously, like my my explanations of what Fravor saw are very piecemeal and somewhat ridiculous, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but I also think that his 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 story isn't quite as solid as as you make it. Well, but.
1: let me put it this way. I ask myself and like n- neither of us have a mathematical equation to prove our point so we're really just making judgment calls if we're being honest and if you disagree with that tell me tell me how you how you come to your conclusion I'd be very interested in hearing it but ultimately we are literally just making judgment calls so you look at the what happened in Fravor, and you say ah it's very unlikely that he actually saw something that wasn't prosaic I look at it and say no I think it's likely they saw something that wasn't prosaic there's no mathematical equations being thrown into mm. into this conversation you are literally just asserting your opinion and there's no equations there's no science there's no nothing it's just sure, your opinion sure. and i'm and i'm doing the same so it's like you know that's the best we can do right now i guess i mean i I don't think your analysis is good but maybe you're right maybe i'm wrong and i'm totally okay with that
0: but i suppose you could like throw some numbers out there like we do actually know that people make mistakes all the time and people make up stories all the time and people have false memories all the time and so we know that that happens literally millions of times if not billions of times a year to some degree and we know that combinations of things happen, uh, and occasionally these combinations of things line up. So we know occasionally there's going to be this situation where two people think they saw the same thing, even though they didn't. That will inevitably happen at some point, and perhaps it happens all the time. Now, I think that's something where you could say that the law of large numbers means that extraordinary things eventually happened. Maybe this was just an extraordinary set of coincidences because this is just the you know the one really good example that we have it seems very unlikely because it was very unlikely that that you know he would happen to his line of sight would fall on this particularly large seagull and then a reflection in his canopy <laughs> it seems sounds ridiculous but ridiculous things happen somebody wins the lottery every year there's lots of lotteries every year and someone you know gets these 100 million to 1 odds and they actually win it so extraordinary things are bound to happen all the time. This might have been just one of the more extraordinary ones.
1: Well, I'll just say this: if 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 ridiculous and extraordinary things happen all the time, it's interesting how they have the the, the this manifestation happens to love UFOs because uh, it seems to happen all the time with uh, witness te- this testimony testimony UFOs. I, I'm kind of surprised that people aren't seeing you know monsters and and all oh, kinds of bigfoot. weird creatures. Sure, Bigfoot, but Bigfoot's like, okay, you know, now UFOs are seen I would say much more often than than Bigfoot really? is. Yeah.
0: Have you have you checked that? Because I mean there's quite a few reports of Bigfoot. There's Bigfoot there's Bigfoot sightings in every state in the country, including Florida. Like, every single state has a Bigfoot sighting. So it's not it's not like just like this couple of couple of guys. It's actually lots <clears throat> and lots of Bigfoot sightings. And uh, you yeah, know, I'm sure I don't know I don't know what the actual numbers are, but a lot of people will laugh at Bigfoot and say there's no evidence, but there's a, there's also tens of thousands of sightings of Bigfoot.
1: So I want to ask you this, Mick. So if if it comes a point where where the US government and other governments start releasing so much data that we know there's no longer a debate about UFOs, that they sure. they are under intelligent control, yeah. uh they're they're not from any military inventory in the world. And and that's proven and to your to your satisfaction. Will you reevaluate witness testimony when it comes to UFOs in in the past? In other words, will you look at the historical record of sure, going back yeah. seventy years and start to see and start to maybe uh, assess witness corroborate it? Not just one guy who Definitely. was in the forest and drank yeah. too many beers, <laughs> but um, corroborate witness testimony. Will you assess it differently in light of? Government's giving you enough evidence so that now you know, whoa, UFOs are real.
0: Yeah, I think what you would do then is you would look to see those individual cases of uh, recollections and uh, see does that match what the information that we have now? Like if the government says that, you know, oh yes, we ad- we admit that there are, you know, whatever, like the craft that can move at uh, Mach 10 or 200 G's or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, does that information corroborate, you know, uh, whatever these people are talking about. Like if people, eyewitnesses are saying, yeah, I saw this thing move at uh, a yeah, thousand miles an hour or whatever, uh, then so, yeah, these things would match. So perhaps.
1: So if the, if the U S government showed like, like one of the crafts, these extraterrestrials used used were like triangles with three spotlights and a red light in the center. Yeah, that
0: would be great. Then when you yeah. heard,
1: when you heard other witnesses going back 72 years, relaying that same, architecture then you would give more credibility mm-hmm. to that if you knew if you knew that that was one of the vehicles extraterrestrials worked do you agree definitely. with that
0: yeah sure okay. uh, cool. I, I think that particular thing the uh, the triangles with the red light in the middle that's it's very like a plane i mean you must admit that uh, it's a common configuration uh, uh, that planes will have some kind of triangle of lights and they have a red one in the middle and you see you see it all the time i'm sure you've seen it generally they look pretty I'm- small in the sky but uh
1: I would be on board with you if there was not so many incidents where it was highly corroborated and, and, every, and police officers and yeah. people that are credible are all seeing the same thing. If that wasn't part of the equation, I'd be on board with you and you're like, you know, these are one offs. I would really be on board attached. with
0: you if there were some, say, what, time lapse photographs? Why don't people take, you know, sure, it's difficult to take a photograph of the sky, but if there's something moving that's got like three white lights and one red light, and you you got to do is take a long exposure and you would get three. Three red, three whites, and one red uh, streaks across the sky. It seems like if there's all these thousands of sightings of this same thing, by now someone would have taken at least a shaky photograph. I suppose there maybe are maybe, shaky maybe they have. Yeah, skeptics
1: like, have looked at it and said, "No, this is not." In the same way that they look at the the Fleur One video, maybe they they just mm-hmm. have the same sort of assessment. Oh no, this is this is not a real photo. I'll tell you yeah. why X Y Z. Now, I would say this. If it gets l- l- here's another question I have for you, Mick. If it gets proven to your satisfaction, and it just becomes the consensus of rational people everywhere, that that the object that was videotaped with the FLIR One video, mm-hmm. and the object that was videotaped with the gimbal video, those are unidentified, and and not from any military inventory, inventory in the world, that becomes a consensus. Will you will you reassess? Maybe that you 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 in this. Let me put it this way: Will you conclude that in the same way you say that all these witnesses, you know, like people win the lottery and, and 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 ridiculous things happen all the time? Maybe could it be that another ridiculous thing that happened was that you were convinced by looking at the three videos that was released by the Navy, and yet even with all of your arguments that from your standpoint are compelling they actually ended up not really being uh, relevant to the truth. Will, will you make that realization if that happens?
0: Ooh, I'm not sure I really follow your logic there. Uh, so in
1: other words, uh, in other words, if, if, if the gimbal video and the Flutter 1 video end up getting proven to uh-huh. display something that's not coming from any military inventory in the world, okay. it may be extraterrestrial, if that gets proven, will you reassess your capabilities at analyzing video data?
0: uh sure but i'm always doing that and yeah i think it would actually depend on how it was proven because if it's proven in a way that you know shows that i was wrong yeah, i would be very very interested in that and so i I would obviously have to figure out what i did wrong you know my background is i'm a game programmer and game programmers spend a lot of time if not like more than half their time debugging their games so you're playing the game like you know the guy like walks through a wall or something and you have to figure out why that happened so my My brain has been hardwired over the last thirty years to figure out why something happened, and so that's you know why I'm really interested in looking at these UFO videos and figuring out what's going on and If someone was to say, you know, oh, now we have proof that's generally accepted that you know this gimbal video actually shows a a flying saucer on its side, then I would be like, "Well, show me this I want, I want to see what this is and yeah you know, and yeah, I would be really, really interested in, in figuring out. Yeah, what it actually was, and hearing more evidence,
1: and I and I believe that because I, I do think you're pursuing the truth. Uh, uh, I think you're pursuing the truth the best you can. And like I said, if you end up being right and I'm wrong, great. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll buy you dinner. We shall see. We shall see. Don't we? Ha- don't we have a bet on? Yes, we do. Yes. We do have a bet. Um, the bet is uh, that I bet at you was that um, <clears throat> it was a while ago. So it I think there's was. like three three month, three years, and maybe one month. Remaining, <laughs> I betted you that there would be a head of state either from uh, from a, I don't know what, what like
0: we we G8 and China. In right, Russia. In Russia, yes.
1: Yeah. That that a head of state would state that um, something to the effect of UFOs are real. I, it, it's on Twitter. I don't remember the exact Yeah, language, yeah.
0: No, I have a link to it. I, I, I put it on my calendar, on my Google calendar, <laughs> for five years in the future. And so I, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but uh you know, I, I think you know it's it's gotta be something more than just simply saying uh this video is real type type real. It's gotta be actually, you know, like like you were saying earlier that there's real evidence that it's uh, that it's uh and it's not human or whatever, not not normal technology.
1: Right.
0: Right. right. Uh all right. Well this, this has been uh <laughs> interesting. I it sure, yeah, it no, can uh, I do before yeah.
1: we I-, I wanna make a prophecy if you don't mind.
0: No, that's definitely that's why why okay. you uh use your name namesakes uh, for powers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My name is UFO Jesus, and I have a six-part prophecy. Oh. Number one, we will have disclosure within six years. Number two, within the within the next couple years, new UFO programs will come to light, and it will be established that ATip was not the first UFO program, or it was not the only UFO program within the United States government, and that these new UFO program or programs were much more well-funded than ATip. Number three, more evidence will be released. <laughs> Uh, that uh, increases the odds that some UFOs are not from here. And number four, there will be an escalation in the media that's going to continue with UFOs meandering into the mainstream. So this is not going to fizzle out. UFOs are only going to be – so the president has been briefed. The Navy has admitted UFOs are real. Congress has been briefed. That's only the beginning. It's going to continue to escalate into the coming years. Uh, Number five, many books will be written about how skeptics and scientists approached the UFO issue, had a lot to be desired, and I'm putting that nicely. And number number six, disclosure will lead to many scientific breakthroughs that will significantly help – humankind that's those are my six prophecies on mick west's amazing podcast and i just wanted to put that out there thank you very much
0: that's great that's great you actually finished that (laughs) exactly on one hour so (laughs) (laughs) i uh i must admit to being a bit of a a doubting thomas when it comes to your your prophecies but of course what is uh, is,
1: okay i want to get this what's the likelihood that any of my prophecies will come to pass
0: uh i would uh i would put a lot of money against it
1: (laughs) all right I all think right.
0: per- perhaps uh, one of the one of, with the more UFO programs. That's entirely plausible. because uh, yeah, obviously the Navy wants to figure out what these UFOs are if there are you know things are going into their airspace and uh, there's a problem. So you know, at least one of your prophecies will come true. I think.
1: Okay. All right. But, great. Uh, not
0: <laughs> all of them. I would. <laughs> I would bet. I don't know. Hundred to one against.
1: Okay. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. well thank you very much it's uh like people can see you on youtube on uh UFO yeah jesus? just
1: yeah just look for ufo jesus or post disclosure world either uh, do a search on youtube for either of them and i'll pop up and uh, i thank you for subscribing to my channel all
0: right great well thank you very much it's been very
1: interesting discussion thanks a lot Mick. it was it was fun